0: I'm Rex Baker. Welcome to God After Dark, a podcast where we tell stories about how God shows up in the dark places in our lives and performs a miracle. This is our inaugural episode of God After Dark, and today we feature a story about drugs, addiction, prison, and redemption. These are real stories, real names, real faces, real people. Now, the inspiration for these stories comes from the people I meet through our ministry at Gateway Rescue Mission, where I serve as executive director in Jackson, Mississippi. Gateway is a faith-based homeless shelter with an addiction recovery program. Today, we are joined by Hunter Hoagie, who joined what we call our New Life program a few months ago. So, Hunter, let's begin by you telling us a little bit about what was going on in your life that caused you to come to Gateway Rescue Mission.
1: Well, Mister Rex, uh, most of my life has been—well, all my twenties have been spent in prison through uh, addiction and disobedience to God. You know, and uh, I spent all my twenties in prison. You know, and uh, when I was to leave prison, I need to have an address to go to. You know, and they—they uh, they allowed me to go to Gateway. You know, and uh, even though it wasn't my first choice. It wasn't my will, but my, my will was to go to elsewhere. But God's will said you're going to Gateway Rescue Mission in uh, Jackson, you know. And at first I was resistant and didn't because I, oh, I was afraid of Jackson, afraid of being of the violence in Jackson, you know, and all that you hear about on the news, you know. and uh, But it, it wasn't until I got there and I started to live by those rules and the regulations there that I saw a change in my life and. And it's still just the best place I've ever. It's just the best thing that that could have happened to me once I left prison, you know. And Ficksburg, Mississippi, was my 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 will, but God's will was Jackson, Mississippi, at a, a gateway.
0: So why were you in prison?
1: Well, this trip, this last trip to prison, was uh, for possession of a firearm by a convicted felon.
0: Mm. And so you. Sounds like you spent most of the last decade in prison.
1: On and off, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Jails and prisons both, yes, sir.
0: Hunter, what went wrong in your life to lead you down that road?
1: Well, it all started when I was about fifteen, I believe, when I first experimented drugs and alcohol. And I thought since all these other kids was doing it and I thought that they were cool, that I wanted to fit in and be cool alongside them, you know, and uh it's just it started with smoking uh, cigarettes, uh, dipping tobacco, smoking marijuana, and drinking some alcohol on the weekends, and uh, that's where really all my problems uh, began.
0: So when you got to prison, the drugs didn't stop, did they?
1: No, sir. Because there's more prison. There's more drugs in prison as there is on the streets. Really? Yes, sir. If you go inside prison, it's a multi-million-dollar operation that goes on inside there that the guards make some money off of it, the inmates make us some money off of it, and lives continue to be devastated even inside of a rehabilitation place.
0: What drugs could you get in prison?
1: Anything you want. Anything your heart desired they can get.
0: Now, I've always wanted to ask somebody this question because a few years ago we had a an outbreak of Spice addiction in Jackson, and a really bad batch got out there. But you shared with me earlier that you smoked spice some while you were in prison. What does spice do to you?
1: Spice is what they call synthetic marijuana. It's a halluc, it's a it can be a hallucinogenic. Uh, I've seen people smoke spice, hit it once or twice, and begin crawling on the floor, screaming. I've seen them throw up on themselves, swimming that throw up. I've seen them get stuck and couldn't move for several minutes straight. And uh, it's just one of the worst drugs to be inside of a prison. It's devastating to see what it does to people. So why did you
0: smoke it if it does all that stuff?
1: I've always been a downer type drug addict, marijuana, alcohol. And I tried it probably about my senior year of high school, I, I would say. And um, it's a lot stronger in prison than it is out on the streets. And um, I was just always a downer guy. And um,
0: now, define when you say downer guy, what do you mean?
1: Well, my first when I my type of drugs was drugs that would bring you down, not speed you up. Gotcha. And um, it was kind of like smoking uh, uh, some marijuana, and that's what that, that that's always been my thing for several years. And then. I tried it out on the streets, you know, before prison, you know. So uh, I kind of had an idea of how it was. And I was just what they call a real drug addict, a junkie, if you would say, that would try any drug known to man.
0: When did the crystal meth come come into play?
1: Crystal meth came into play about two months before I left prison my second trip. Um, I had a guy ask me for several, several weeks if I wanted to try something. I was like, no, man, that's not my thing. And then um, one day I just got a hankering, like, why do they like these? Why do these guys enjoy this stuff so much? And then so I knocked on my prison cell uh, uh, wall to speak to him and said, hey, I would like to try some. And he sent me some over, and I tried it, and I've been hooked ever since. I just, once again, it it kind of falls in line to seeing these other guys uh, doing it and wanting to know for myself why they did it. So I got to find out and i got hooked on it just just like that
0: well so spiritually what condition were you in there toward toward the last days that you were in prison you're looking to get out you're looking to go start your life over again what what was your spiritual state at that point
1: well about 2 months prior 2 to 3 months prior to me being released from prison i had once again, tried the whole Christian outlook again, the, the Christian approach to life, and I quit doing drugs for about two months. Oh, uh, I was in church, I was uh, in the church choirs, singing Christian songs, oh, uh, worship songs, and uh, I kind of got. I've always been on the fence of being a Christian all all my life, you know. But when you're inside prison, there's so much evil, so much just sat- satanic stuff that goes on in there that. It's so easily to be engulfed by it, so easily be pressured into doing these things because, you know, when it's hard to be the outcast inside of a, a, a prison. And uh, um, before I was took go home, about a month before I was uh, released, I got back on drugs, quit going to church again. was ashamed of myself because I had these guys who saw me quit and was in church religiously, reading my Bible each and every day. And I just— It wasn't until that surrendering I did when I came here that all of it changed. And spiritually, before I left prison, I was probably the most unspiritual person inside of Parchment.
0: What changed to turn you from all of that?
1: What changed is one night they had a, uh, I'm not sure if it was a Celebrate Recovery meeting or just some type of group that came or some guy that came and just some of his words hit home, you know, and he just asked anybody if they would like to come down and you know be saved and and give their life to Christ, you know. And I guess the Holy Spirit was just telling me, "Hey, look, this is your chance to go up there and be f- uh, for real." And when I get up there and I prayed this this sinners prayer and I and I noticed oh I noticed things was going to be I mean that things were real because I started crying my eyes out. I cried, I cried, and I cried. It's like I spoke with you earlier that I feel like it was the old self, my old self, like leaving out of my body and my the tears of joy from the Holy Spirit crying out tears of joy that I finally surrendered my life to Jesus Christ for real this time.
0: So you come to Gateway Rescue Mission. You join our New Life program, which uh, for the sake of our listeners, that's a, our six-month basic addiction recovery program from a... A b- biblical standpoint. Um, Hunter, you've, you've been down this road before. And um, what would you say to someone? And there are people that, that think, um, you know, jailhouse conversions, that's just somebody wanting to get out of jail quick. Uh, what would you say to someone who might question whether what you have experienced and are experiencing is authentic and real?
1: How I know it's authentic and real is whenever I get up, first and foremost, I thank God. I would never have done that had I not given myself to Christ. How it's also authentic and real stuff I read in my scriptures every morning either relate to what happened, what I'm going through, or or somehow in the day the coming days will come into play of what I've, like, I read. my The way I talk has changed. I no longer cuss. I try not to be mean to people. I try to help people. I try not to be sounding like I'm being harsh to them or trying to talk at them and, and not to them. Um, I'm more patient. I have a lot of joy in my heart, sir. A lot of joy is in my heart. You know, and that, can, that, that only comes from the fruit of the Spirit, you know. I have a peace of mind. Self control, you know, and I have. I'm just so down to earth with trying to help others, spread the word, to try to to minister to others that's in my that's been in my situation, and tell them what I've been through, what I've experienced, and what I had to do for my life to change, and to tell them that there's only one option, and that's uh, 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 Jesus Christ. There's no other way for your life to be changed. Or you can't give God something to work with, which He already knows it. But it's but you have to confess it each and every day, and it's just some things that I've noticed about myself that's changed in these eighty-seven days that I've been working on twenty-eight years to change, and
0: God has changed them in such a short time. Yeah, you cannot fake joy. I mean, you can fake. The, I hear a lot of times people in our society today. say, hey, You need to be nice. Nice is okay, it has its place, but you can fake being nice. But you cannot fake true inner joy. We're talking with Hunter Hoagie of our New Life program at Gateway Rescue Mission in Jackson, Mississippi. And a a few stats, I just pulled these off the internet before coming into the studio here a few minutes ago. Uh, These are figures from Prison Fellowship. Nearly 2.1 million Americans are currently behind bars. One in every 28 American children has a parent in prison. Think about that for a moment. One out of 28 children have a parent in prison. 70 million or one in three adults in America have a criminal record. That's a lot of people. It costs $33,000 a year to incarcerate one adult. We're spending $80 billion a year on corrections in, in general. And there's an $87 billion loss in pot- potential economic output lost due to collateral cost of incarceration. So we, we see a lot of people coming from the cor- correctional system into our ministry at Gateway Rescue Mission. We see a lot of different kinds of people, but one of the things I've observed Hunter is that sometimes, um, uh, Prison gets you ready to change. Is that a way to put it? Where you're, well, you're re- like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, ready to make a change.
1: The only way you're going to be ready to change is if you're sincere and genuine about it. Prison, you can get so caught up in the things that go on in prison and the evilness and the just the bad things that go on inside of a prison. But until you're a hundred percent tired of the way you have been the way your life has turned out and the way you used to live. There's ain't no change gonna happen until you're a hundred percent certain that it can happen and you want it to happen. Until then you're gonna be lost inside of
0: what goes on inside there. That's very true. Well put. Wanna share a little passage of scripture here out of Psalm one thirty. This is a song of ascents. It is a psalm that expresses hope in the Lord for life change, for forgiveness. And here's what it says. Out of the depths I have cried to thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. That thou mayest be feared, and that word for fear in in the Hebrew is not so much cowardice type fear. It's it's an awe that we should have of God when we really compare our sinfulness to His holiness. It it produces a sense of yare, which was the the old Hebrew word for for fear. It's an awesome fear of realizing who God is, and that he could thump us away like a mosquito if he wanted to but instead he calls out to people in the prisons he calls out to people at the homeless shelters he calls out to people in the dope houses at night and says come on in i've got a new plan for your life it's up to us to take him up on that now this this passage i just read was written no oh, about Uh, Roughly 3,000 years ago, give or take a couple of hundred years. So since the beginning of time, human beings, us, we, have gone through troubles and trials. Your trouble and your trial may not be prison. It may be something else. It could be medical. It could be a a loved one. It could be a a job difficulty. But... I have seen this daily in, in our ministry at Gateway with the homeless, the addicted, people struggling with mental illness. But, but I know what I'm talking about here. Yes, sir. If you live long enough, you're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through valleys. I've seen this in my own life where you're, you're dealing with, with troubles and nobody is immune to that. But what I, what I want to share is that the miracle that has happened in Hunter's life is really there for, for anybody. You don't have to go to prison to to get right with the Lord. You don't have to go to prison to have God show up in the darkness of a of, of situation you may be in. But it's the same part of us that calls out to him wherever we are, knowing that he will listen. All right. Hunter. Yes, sir. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? First and foremost,
1: I just want to live out my purpose and serve God with all that I do. You know, I would... I would like to to minister to others who have been in prison or the younger uh, generation. Just give them some uh, some tools of the trade, like if you will, about what I did that started this process of utter failure. You know, in addiction, homelessness, prisons. You know, and just try to sh- to lead them down the the right path and to try to get to get them to avoid the peer pressure, the influences, and to let them know that. You don't have that—you are in control of your life, all right? To play your choices and your decisions out all the way through that if I do this, what what can happen, what could happen, and what might happen, you know, and uh, and to give your life to Christ at a young age, you know, just to, to let him know that it took me all these failures, trials, temptations, years away from my family, you know, and just try to lead them down the right path. But what I would like to do with my life as of uh, occupation-wise is I would love to go back to college, get my degree in sports management uh, with, my, like, a minor in criminology or criminal uh, justice, you know. Um, and I would like to be one day be a recruiter for any type of college team in football, baseball, or basketball. I have a great deal of uh, expertise, if you will, in that field. And... Um, just be involved in the sports uh, community, you know. M- maybe be a high school coach or something, you know. But anything uh, related to sports, I would love to do. Um, but most inf- but most importantly, serve God with all that I do. And to teach Amen. others that Jesus Christ is your only option and the only thing that will save your life and that you need to be saved and just to be a— live a uh, godly way life that will get you to heaven one day.
0: Well said, Hunter Hoagie, member of the Gateway Rescue Mission New Life program right now, going through a period of life change where he has seen God speak into the darkness of his life and and bring about a miracle that is still ongoing. I would challenge you with that. that it, It doesn't get easier as you go along. You still have trials and tribulations and all that kind of fun stuff as life goes on, but through Jesus, you can you can know where you're going, you can know what your purpose is in life. Well, I'm your host, Rex Baker, and on behalf of our team at Gateway Rescue Mission, we thank you for joining us for this inaugural episode of God After Dark, when God shows up in the dark places of our lives and does a miracle. And I look forward to joining you next time on God After Dark.